0: Canada, the conspiracy show with Richard Seren. And I continue to get a deluge of email, uh, regarding the last uh, couple of weeks' programs. Uh, first with Joel Skousen, the editor-publisher of World Affairs Brief, uh, discussing, uh, the conflicting, initial conflicting reports regarding Sandy Hook Elementary School. And of course, that tragedy still looms large and we still feel that, uh, um, that pain and in, in, in our hearts, um, but also of great concern is is the lack of any meaningful follow up and investigation by the mainstream media. We still haven't received a ballistics report. Uh, these these conflicting reports of multiple shooters uh, still out there not being answered, not even being pursued by the mainstream uh, press. However, uh, Joel Skousen laid out a pretty interesting shall we say argument that there were more than there was more than one shooter and uh that this how somehow, somehow is being exploited uh by darker forces within the, within the United States government uh to usher in some sort of draconian um, gun control measure there's even some speculation that the president would use executive orders however My understanding is, uh, I mean, we've seen a number of executive orders issued over the years. I mean, Thanksgiving, the U.S. Thanksgiving was uh, created by George Washington through executive order. Um, uh, Lincoln freed the slaves through executive order. Uh, Ronald Reagan issued a number of executive orders. But you cannot override the Constitution. The Second Amendment, I believe, is sacrosanct. And and, uh, I think that would be very difficult uh, for them to do that. However, thank you for those emails. Some of you are not so happy with that show. Um, thinking I guess that it was a little insensitive but that 's why I, I waited so long before we talked about it uh, and then subsequently we had uh, John Rappaport on the program uh, talking about television news anchors as a a method of brainwashing uh, in particular uh, we he focused on the sandy Hook, the coverage of the Sandy Hook elementary school shooting and um, again a lot of um, a lot of positive uh, emails and a lot of Negative emails. in fact, some people were quite uh irritated that I would that I would talk about that on the radio, and uh, some of you said that you wouldn't listen anymore, and all I can say is that's the great thing about living in a democracy. Uh, I guess so you have that opportunity to uh, to disagree and tune out if you will. but even though I'm up here in in uh, in Canada, uh, I am a firm believer in the Second Amendment. And I stand by that, and um, I don't apologize for that. And that includes, uh, dare I say, um, this may not sit well with some of you, military-style weapons. They were intended to be in the hands of civilians to protect against tyranny, government tyranny, not just for personal protection against crime, uh but what the Founding Fathers really had in mind. And if you read the Federalist Papers, it's abundantly clear by people like uh, Alexander Hamilton and others, Military-grade weapons must be in the hands of civilians to protect against tyranny. And Lord knows we're seeing tyranny, the, the, the creep of tyranny, uh, all over the world right now. So, uh, again, thank you for those emails. All right, we're going to switch gears. And, um, you know, I've told this story a number of times over the years, and we're going to get into it here in a little bit, but my one and only encounter with the paranormal occurred uh, just over 26 years ago. A couple of days after my father was laid to rest, who died on New Year's Eve Day, nineteen eighty-six, so we're talking very early in uh, in nineteen eighty-seven. I had a paranormal encounter. I woke up one night, very briefly. I'll, I'll get into more details later. But I uh, I opened my eyes, and hovering directly above me, above me and parallel, so that its head was aligned with my head and its feet aligned with my feet. I woke up, cl- opened my eyes, and I'm staring right in the face of. Well, me, peering into the eyes of my doppelganger, and I've never been able to understand it. Never, been, never received the satisfactory answers to what that was all about. But I think tonight's the night we're going to get into that, and uh, hopefully get some answers. And maybe some of you have had encounters with doppelgangers, German word meaning double goers. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, they say everyone has a twin, right? The mighty Aphrodite says that my doppelganger, I don't know that if I, I agree with her, but she says my doppelganger is Kevin uh, Kenneth Branagh, the, uh, the British actor. I, I think he's much better looking than I am, however, uh, I guess that's my doppelganger, but we're talking about a paranormal doppelganger here, and here to explain more. Is one of the leading experts on the paranormal, with more than 50 books published by major houses on a wide range of paranormal, spiritual, and mystical topics. The one and only Rosemary Ellen Guiley. How are you, Rosemary?
1: Very busy these days, Richard. We've just bought a house, and so we're in the midst of packing and moving.
0: Oh, my. And are you staying put in uh, Connecticut?
1: Yes, in fact, the house is just a couple miles from where we're living now, so it makes the move much easier.
0: Ah, well, congratulations. Now, do you look for a haunted locale, or do you just, you don't want to bring your work home with you?
1: That's right, I look for peace and quiet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But do you like spooky old houses?
1: Uh, Well, for investigation purposes and research purposes, but when I'm working and where I want to live, because I'm immersed in the paranormal 24-7 sometimes uh, in a lot of my casework, uh, when I go home, I just want peace and quiet.
0: I don't blame you. Well, again, congratulations. It's always exciting uh, making a move into a new place. So I wish you the best. So you've been receiving a lot of reports uh, about doppelgangers. What, how are people getting in touch with you regarding these, and what are they saying?
1: I receive a lot of reports by email, and also um, when I travel and I give talks. I get uh, a lot of comments from people at conventions and conferences. When I do radio shows with call-ins, I get uh, more material. And some things seem to go in waves and, and trends. And lately I've been getting a lot of inquiries about doppelgangers and also people reporting doppelganger experiences, and they want to know what's going on. So either these experiences are on the rise, or it's a type of experience that has is just catching people's awareness, maybe because of shifts in consciousness, or a little bit of both. There are different types of doubles, and uh, these have been documented since ancient times. Some of them are related to death omens, some of them are spontaneous uh, projections, and some of them are projections at will. And they all seem to have different reasons um, and uh, varying degrees of Um, I I guess what you say tangible uh, mass where doubles seem to be like real people and and they'll carry on short conversations and interact with uh, individuals and others seem to be more vaporous and mysterious Uh, you know they're seen uh, briefly and then suddenly they're gone
0: now how, how, how common is it for someone to see their own doppelganger as I experienced
1: Not very common, Uh, and in fact, it's usually a shock to a lot of people. I'll say (laughs) it was to you to see your own double.
0: You know what? I wasn't afraid. I wasn't shocked. I was just really confused. Really confused.
1: Well, I uh, I had an experience uh, once where I saw myself, and um, I it was uh, while I was asleep, and. I think that um, I projected out of body while I was asleep, and then when I woke up, I was in two places at once. And some of these double experiences might even be displacements of time and space.
0: Ah, so it's not a but, true doppelganger. You're simply seeing your spirit body and as, it's, as it's exiting your physical body.
1: That is one form of double Uh, And uh, what happened to me was uh, I I was taking a nap on on the sofa, and uh, I got up and uh, went into the kitchen, and I felt kind of groggy, and when I came back out into the living room, I saw myself sleeping on the couch, and uh, I was very alarmed (laughs) because I didn't know why this had happened, and I tried to get back in my body, and I couldn't get back in. Uh, and uh, I was able to to finally get back in, but it it was alarming to see myself and not be able to merge myself, and I didn't know which self was real.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, now, with my experience, this happened, as I say, just after my father's passing. So, is there what's the, is there any connection there, or was it just in a moment of you know great stress? My astral body left my physical body, or is it possible that my father's spirit assumed my form so as not to frighten me? Uh,
1: My own interpretation would be it was stress-related, and sometimes these experiences happen in heightened states of emotion. And uh, this was documented in the late 19th century by the researchers, the founding researchers of the Society for Psychical Research in London, Uh, They studied cases of survival, and uh, they also investigated hauntings, poltergeists, and one of the things that they uh, examined were doubles because uh, uh, they were one of the more unexplained phenomena. Well, they came up with a term called arrival cases, and that's where a person arrives at a location before they actually get there. It's like their double gets there first. And they found in interviewing people that... Uh, height, heightened states of emotion were related to many cases. So it could be that there are certain psychic conditions um, involving emotion and uh, energy, uh, and we, we unwittingly project a double that um, uh, we, we might see. Uh, we might see ourselves, we, or other people might see us. That's really more likely that other people see you in your double form. And uh, the research showed that uh, some of these cases don't seem to have an apparent reason. Now, in folklore, to see a double, to see somebody's double, is widely believed to be a harbinger of impending death. And uh, that uh, before death, maybe as a way of preparing for death, your double starts disconnecting from from the body. But um, the researchers found that there were many cases where people were out walking around in their doubles and nothing bad happened to them. Now, Percy Bysshe Shelley saw his double before he drowned. That's a very famous case.
0: Right, right. I'm familiar with that, yes. Now, and
1: others uh, were left to wonder why, and these are the kinds of cases that I 'm hearing about now where people say, "What happened? Why did that happen? I saw so and so a family member or a friend, and then I found out that they weren't even physically present. they were somewhere else in a distant location
0: by location and why
1: did this happen
0: mm. interesting you know we throughout history, there were reports of, uh, uh, of Buddhist monks. Uh, having this ability to buy locate and, and, and things. So perhaps that's related as well. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, the website is visionaryliving.com right here on the conspiracy show as we discuss doppelgangers. Perhaps you've had an encounter with a doppelganger. Maybe you've looked at your own image staring back at you or, um, You've you've, um, had contact with somebody else's uh, doppelganger. We'd love to hear from you, and the phone lines will be made available to you as well. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we'd love to hear from you if you've had an experience uh, with a doppelganger, maybe your own or someone else's. Uh, and And part of the doppelganger phenomenon may be uh, by location. And, and Rosemary before the break, uh, was talking about, you know, there have been a number of reported cases throughout history of of Christian saints and monks. Um, having been said to exhibit by location i was just reading about saint Alphonsus Liguri. who was an italian uh, catholic bishop and was said to have gone into a trance while preparing for his his weekly mass or his a daily mass uh, rather and when he came out of the trance he reported he had visited the the bedside of the dying pope clement the 14th but his but his you could say well i'm okay so he had a dream but his presence um, at the uh, the deathbed of the pope was confirmed by those in attendance, even though he was about four travel days away. So, um, I mean, is, is, that's a perfect example of bilocation, I mean, and that's a, that's a doppelganger, right?
1: That would be considered a doppelganger. Padre Pio was another saint who was famous for that, and he said he would get called out by prayer, uh, and that uh, the Virgin Mary would direct him to go and minister to people in need. And uh, some of these experiences happened while he was in states of intense prayer. So it seems that a condition of some of these bilocations of a double, um, the, uh, it requires being inactive in one, one state so that the double can become more active. Uh, that is, the, the person is in uh, like a sleep state or intense altered state of consciousness, like uh, Alphonse Ligurie. And uh, then the double has the energy to go and converse and do and and interact. Uh, there was a a woman saint, uh, Venerable um, Mary of Agreda, who uh, bilocated to the New World and uh, preached to the Native Americans in the Southwest about Christianity. She was known as the Blue Lady. So her her double had they, they said she had kind of a blue glow around her and and. Uh, she made many, many trips from, uh, from Europe over to the New World, and it was all by bilocation. By um, now, saints, uh, you know, people say, well, saints, uh, we sort of expect that of holy people. They're, they're, they're trained or, um, you know, anointed by their, uh, their holiness to do these sorts of things. But the, but the average person is likely to have at least one or two experiences with a double and uh, they take place in ordinary life in, in involving ordinary things. in fact we might even be interacting with doubles and not even know it unless we come into information that uh, the person we saw was not physically present.
0: And so in order for that to be happen for that to happen you in order not to be, you know, to be able to, to differentiate, then the, the doppelganger must be, I mean, we're not talking about some diaphanous, uh, you know, uh, ghostly image. We're talking about, a, a, you know, a solid figure.
1: Solid with exact details right down to clothing. Now, a friend of mine had uh, an, an interesting uh, experience. In fact, his double seems to go walking around um, more than once. I had an experience with, his name is John Frick, and uh, he's uh, a regular at the Mothman Conference in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I go every year. And uh, one year at the conference, I saw him uh, out on the street during the festival and spoke briefly to him. And uh, hes I thought I was talking to John. It was just a brief encounter. And then I learned later that He was not there. He was at a distant location uh, getting uh, some of the festival activities uh, ready for the evening. So his double was out walking around on the street. Now, he told me that he had a recent report uh, just within the last month or so uh, from a friend in Michigan who saw his double in Michigan. And he, uh, he had not traveled there at all and the weird thing about it was the double was wearing clothes that new clothes that he had bought but he hadn't worn himself yet oh
0: my word oh my word uh now when when um we were talking about saints you know that that uh, that have that have had the ability to bilocate and and uh, you know there have been some rather unsaintly individuals as well. I understand Alistair Crowley was reported to have the ability to bilocate, although he wasn't conscious of it. If he would have, he would have friends that would tell him that he could bilocate. Um, and then there's Vladimir Len- Lenin. Now, now, what's the story I've heard about him? He was dying at his apartment in Gorky um, back in 1923, and meanwhile, widely reported, people saw him uh, in his office at the Kremlin digging through papers.
2: It
1: seems that when uh, people are close to death, uh, there is some sort of separation of consciousness from the body that, that happens periodically or on an increasing basis. And this could be seen by others as a double. Um, why we have uh, experiences that happen as, as part of ordinary life, that's more puzzling. And uh, are we tuning into ourselves in parallel dimensions? That's a possibility. Uh, if we have parallel dimensions around the Earth, we have duplicates of ourselves in those in those uh, dimensions. And some of them might be nearly exact to the ones that, you know, ourselves in this dimension. Uh, one of the reports that I got uh, recently uh, concerned a woman who was at home and she looked out the window and saw her husband drive up Uh, in the car, and she thought, oh, he's home early from work. Um, But he never came in the house, and she wondered what happened to him. He wasn't even there. Uh, He was on the road driving uh, toward home when she saw him, but he he hadn't arrived. So this is is like another arrival case where the double gets there first. And um, these are very puzzling experiences. My feeling is that, as we become more aware of the paranormalness and there's an intense interest in the paranormal, we've been experiencing that for the last decade or so. Um, people are tuning in either consciously or unconsciously more to um, otherworldly things, and we're all being affected by this. And this, in turn, I think, makes us more open to these experiences, more aware of them. So our awareness is definitely heightened, and that, in turn, opens the door to more experiences.
0: When I confronted my doppelganger, uh, what I did maybe isn't recommended. I don't know. You'll tell me. But uh, be, the first thing I wanted to figure out was, is this real? Am I actually staring at myself? And so I reached up and I started moving my hands through this figure, and it just dissipated. And then it got sucked into the corner of a room. It just, like, shrank and then, like, this, into a singularity and went, boom right into the corner of a room. Uh, it, I mean, is that potentially dangerous, if that's my astral body that I'm looking at and I sort of move my hands through it and then it just disappears, is, is, is there any harm that can come to me?
1: That's a, a big unknown. And um, uh, it sounds like you you saw a double of yourself, perhaps in an alternate reality, which is where it is all the time. And there was a doorway open between this reality and that reality. And um, where people have reported problems, uh, and this exists in the literature as well about out-of-body projections, it's when you are out traveling your double and something happens to the body, uh, then you might have difficulty getting uh, getting back in or suffering some sort of consequence. But in your experience, the seat of your consciousness seemed to be in your physical body, and uh, you were looking at uh, a double that um, wasn't fully in this reality.
0: Although some have said the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry is in Bowmanville. Larry, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Bowmanville, Ontario, I, I, I take it.
3: That's correct.
0: Welcome, Larry. Your yes, question, comment, you you. Have, you, have you had an experience with a doppelganger?
3: Yes, I have, and it's very, very interesting that uh, my experience way back in 1976 in London, England was so similar to yours. Basically what happened was, first of all, I was in dorm and I was asleep. Then during my sleep, I suddenly felt part of me separating from the part of me that was actually asleep in bed. So it started hovering above and above and above me and it was facing the ceiling area. So then I said to myself, whatever this is, let me try turning to the left and see if my new body shifting leftwards then I tried shifting in the opposite direction rightward and it started shifting rightward then I said to myself let me make a full 180 degree turn to see if I would see myself on the bed this is viewing from just beneath the ceiling at the time I started rotating to make this 180 degree turn and then I said to myself whoa hold on Larry If you see yourself lying on the bed looking at yourself, you're going to be kind of scared. So rotate back to your original position and sink yourself back into your body. This I did. I went back into my body and that was sort of the culmination of the experience.
0: That's a great great experience, Larry. I mean, that sounds like the classic out-of-body experience, Rosemary, that one usually associates with a near-death experience.
3: Correct. And the thing about it is, what it did teach me was, don't push it. It exists. If you need become scared. Retreat and go back into yourself and let it be.
0: Good advice, Larry. I think that was wise, not to, uh, you know, not to, to turn around to catch a glimpse of yourself lying in the bed. Rosemary, what do you think?
1: Well, it's a, he had an amazing amount of lucidity in that experience uh, and presence of mind. Um, many people, when they have spontaneous experiences like that, uh, they, they get a shock, and it's disorienting. Uh, and that can be very, very upsetting. Uh, sometimes the experience is over with from the shock. Uh, you see yourself, and then the shock uh, zips you back in the body. Um, but, um, yes, these experiences do happen, and... Uh, we're probably not meant to be aware of them as often as they do happen.
0: All right, Larry and Bowmanville, thank you for that. Uh, now, most often, I'm guessing people don't aren't able to communicate with a doppelganger, or is that or is that true? I mean, you 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 communicated with this a doppelganger of your friend, but um, is it more likely that you can't communicate with a doppelganger?
1: A lot of times, doppelgangers are seen at a distance so people don't have the opportunity to, uh, to communicate. But there are many cases on record where um, conversations have been carried on with doppelgangers, and uh, that's doubly shocking to the, the witnesses when they find out that they weren't talking to the physical person. Uh, so it seems to vary, and uh, there seem to be different degrees of uh, projections or... Um, you know, whatever it is that that uh, goes out in, in our exact form, and um, differing abilities of uh, these forms, different energy levels to interact. In uh, arrival cases, uh, people are usually just seen and um, there's often not a whole lot of conversation. But um, there are other cases where, Uh, complete conversations take place. Now, uh, there's another explanation for doubles, too, and I think that this does occur. I'm not sure what the the frequency of them uh, are, but um, it's spirits masquerading as people, and uh, the foundation for this does exist in in the magical traditions where spirits are said to have the ability to slip on a personality like a glove, and that uh, this is one thing they do in haunted locations. Uh, they can mimic uh, the ghosts of the dead by acquiring their personality and, and appearing. If they appear as an apparition, to appear as that person.
0: Are you talking about a demon, yes. Rosemary? A demon would do this. The a demons, trickster, um,
1: trickster entities. It said that the jinn can do this sort of thing. But in magical lore, yes, it would be a demonic kind of entity. And by demonic, I'm not necessarily meaning evil entity, just kind of an interfering entity. And uh, that uh, if an entity wants to have an experience uh, as as a person or play tricks or something, they can uh, walk around as that person's double. I think that accounts for a very small number of double cases.
0: All right, Rosemary, listen, I appreciate you dropping by and explaining doppelgangers. And uh, I think I, I know what happened to me now. I think just in a moment of, of extreme stress, after my father's death, uh, my spirit body left my physical body, and I caught a glimpse of it. Uh, very rare indeed, very confusing, but uh, I feel much better about it now. Thank you for that, and um, we'll talk to you next month. Rosemary Ellen Guiley.
1: Thank you, Richard. Good night.
0: Good night. Visionaryliving.com is the website. When we come back, Bioacoustics, Medicine of the Future or an Ancient Mystery Revealed? Calling all time travelers, vampire slayers, and alien abductees... The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett continues. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740. had an interesting conversation with Sean David Morton over the weekend uh, by phone. Um, he's going to be featured in, in a, an episode of the the TV show in Season 3. Uh, and several episodes, actually. interviewed him in Los Angeles, and he's coming on the radio program in a couple of weeks. Um, he has a, a book uh, out wasn't picked up by a major publisher, but it sold over ten thousand uh, copies of the hardcover um, so it's sort of an underground bestseller, if you will it's called the sands of time and he's going to join us here on the program as I say in a couple of weeks to talk about the secret space program and this is a guy uh, whose father uh worked for uh Northrop I guess and knew people like Ben rich who was working uh, at uh, or was running skunk works which was uh, um, I believe, uh, Lear's experimental wing, Lear, Lear uh, of Lear jet fame. And, uh, so Northrop was sort of the competitor, but he, uh, his father knew Ben Rich and, and so Sean grew up knowing all of these, the old astronauts as well. And, uh, the stuff that, uh, they told him would just curl your toes. And he's going to share some of that, uh, on this very program. Uh, right now we're going to talk about, we were, you know, we've been talking about, um, uh, what ails us these days? Several weeks ago, we had Dr. Cassie Ingram on talking about how the cure is to be found in the forest, and and um, you know, health care dollars are at a premium these days, and uh, you know the the stresses and strains on the health care system, both here and in uh, the United States, it's it's at the breaking point, really, and uh, and so we're beginning to see you know rationing of health care. We're seeing that here in Canada. Uh, we're um, we're also seeing a growing mistrust of mainstream medicine. You know, we've talked about fluoride. We've talked about vaccines. We've talked about uh, um, uh, chemtrails and so forth and, and um, uh, EMF. Well, there's something on the horizon. It's here now, actually. In fact, AT&T called Bioacoustics, the new medicine. And we're going to delve into human bioacoustic biology right now with a pioneer in the study of same. And she's going to explain how the human voice and other associated frequencies can help resolve health issues such as macular degeneration, multiple sclerosis, headaches, muscle stress, brain trauma, weight issues, nutritional concerns. Again, it's being hailed as the medicine of the future, although some are saying... It's really an ancient mystery that's been rediscovered. Sherry Edwards is the director of the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology in Albany, Ohio. The technology she brings to the stage is cutting edge. This technology can identify health and well-being possibilities that you've never encountered. Her work is now included in the Duke University Encyclopedia of New Medicine by Leonard A. Wisnecki and the scientific scientific basis of integrative medicine by Lucy Anderson the effects of bioacoustic biology now expect, uh, accepted by these prestigious medical encyclopedias have unlimited health and wellness potential Sherry Edwards welcome to the conspiracy show how are you
2: ah uh, great great to be back
0: yes it's been a while bioacoustics bioacoustic biology what does that mean exactly
2: life sound
0: <laughs> oh is that all life and everything huh?
2: Yeah, well, the sounds of life. Um, we've proven that every cell has a sound, gives off a sound, sends signals, calls other frequencies and sounds to it, and that's the way the body heals itself. And we study that system through vocal profiling.
0: So the sound of our, our voice, our vocal print, if you will, yes. uh, can tell us a great deal about our physical state of being.
2: Incredibly, it can because all of those frequencies are math-based from the central processing unit, the brain, and all of these frequencies run on your neural network. We are far beyond conventional medicine in looking at people holistically. We had a lady in uh, a couple weeks ago. Her feet were hurting really bad. She had had several operations. They'd taken out some bones, and they just kept giving her pain pills, Vicodin, Vicodin, and she was just woozy and and couldn't walk around because of these pain pills so we took her print took about 30 seconds and the computer said that she had gout and we gave her the anti-frequencies for gout and her pain went away the body knows
0: what are some of the markers in the human voice uh that are f- sort of red flags for uh, for illness or ailments
2: well, one is calcitonin, which is the notice C when it goes into stress. And calcitonin monitors serum calcium, and it's a precursor to cancer. So we have looked at a lot of these in looking at um, people. We just did a big project on Parkinson's in the clinic and found out that a lot of these new things that they're calling Parkinson's really aren't. It's radiation poisoning. Oh, my. And again, I think... People are being lied to. I think the government has just decided it doesn't want to take any responsibility or do anything about this. There are people talking about it. There's a nice article by James Apsley on his site, Doctor Apsley, A P S L E Y dot com.
0: Yes, we've had Jim on the show a number of times. Listen, uh let me just cut in here, Sherry. We're gonna take a timeout, we'll come back and we'll pick up on that point. Parkinson's being uh, misdiagnosed. It's radiation poison. Back with more of my conversation with Sherry Edwards on bioacoustics, the new medicine or ancient mystery revealed.
3: You're listening to The
0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Sherry Edwards is with us. She's the director of the Institute uh, of Bioacoustic Biology in Albany, Ohio. And her research, 30 years worth, um, she says, proves beyond a doubt the vocal print, your vocal print, can identify toxins, pathogens, and nutritional supplements or deficiencies uh, that are too low or too high. Uh, in addition, the vocal print can be used to match the most compatible treatment remedy to each client. The introduction of the proper low-frequency sound of the body, indicated through voice analysis, has been shown to control pain, body temperature, heat rhythm, and blood or heart rhythm, and blood pressure. So, uh, Sherry, uh, so the vocal print can be used to diagnose, but also to heal.
2: Well, we're not allowed to say that. We use every uh, client that we get as uh, adding to our database, and we use it as education. But the outcome is that we're supporting optimal form and function, and if people get well, that's their problem.
0: <laughs> that's quite a problem to have. So, how, but how would how would uh, the the frequency be utilized in order to promote good health? Let's say,
2: just like in the air, like you're, you would hear it. But one of the things that we're are we ta- doing
0: sorry, we're we talking about musical notes or the human voice. What are we talking about?
2: It sort of sounds like kind of in the background like a motor.
0: Interesting. Okay.
2: But we're, we're providing people information. I am so upset about the government lying to us and trying to treat us like stupid dogs and saying there's nothing going on with this radiation that I have created a computer program that we are giving away to people along with a class and along with a textbook, no questions asked, it just needs to be done because we're being lied to.
0: Now, you're talking about the Fukushima disaster, and as you pointed out in an article uh, that in the December 2011 issue of Internal Journal of Health, uh, uh, Journal of Health Services, they estimated more than 14,000 people in the United States are linked to, to the radioactive fallout associated with the nuclear disaster in Japan. So 14,000 Americans have some sort of radiation poisoning?
2: It looks like it. And we have created charts that people can use to back this off nutritionally. And if they've really gotten a big dose, we'd send them to a bioacoustic practitioner. But we would lots rather just give them the software. We couldn't serve 14,000 people if we wanted to. Uh, we're just not big enough. But if we could teach people to do it for themselves, I think we're going to see a lot less disease down the road, like Dr. Apsley is saying when he's on your show. Um, in Chernobyl, for instance, one of his statistics is um, that infant deaths went up like 900% after Chernobyl. And I think we're going to see the same thing here, but I think they're going to try to hide the statistics. So everybody's Complaining and talking about it, we're providing solutions and options to people, and we'd like them to download this uh, software and use it and then tell us how they're doing, particularly the people on the Pacific Coast where they seem to be getting hit a lot. So they can go to our site, soundhealthoptions.com, and download this, and we can give you uh, the links if you want. We can give you the charts, and you can get it to all of your people if you want uh, this is our gift to the world
0: so you you go to this website and you download the software for free and yes. then you'll need some sort of a microphone I guess this is an audio recording platform that they're downloading right. right and so you're gonna you're gonna capture your own voice print by speaking into a microphone on your computer or I, I guess even an external mic would do but the better the mic the better I'm, I'm guessing the better quality yeah. the mic the better
2: three different mics we don't want a vocal mic because they're filtered.
0: Ah, okay, we
2: we want a microphone, something like a a Dynax USB, which is about twenty dollars, or a, a logitech. those are on the textbook. It shows you right in the little textbook that you can download. tells you which microphones to get. Um, and then away you go, and you can do it for you and your neighbors and your family and because there's so much cell signaling disease ending up on our door. Uh, doctors send us a lot of uh, patients that they don't know what to do with because they don't know what's going on. So we, the computer will tell you underneath what's going on, and it's cell signaling, and people are radiation poisoned, and they've called it um, Lou Gehrig's disease and MS and Parkinson's and immune deficiency, and it's not really. People are poisoned.
0: Now, this... Uh Vocal print that you capture with this, this, and this is free software you're offering. Yes. Um, what, what, once you capture your own vocal print, I mean, how do you interpret the data? Because, you know, you've spent 30 years doing this. We're, we're novices. We don't know.
2: The, uh, the computer pops out the reports. Says, you're poisoned with this. Here's a chart that will tell you, um, a nutritional antidote and how it got in your body and what it's competing with.
0: That's pretty sophisticated software. Who developed that? I did. Wow. That, and that's 30 years in the making, I'm
2: guessing. It is, but it comes from a very esoteric talent that I'm able to hear sounds from people, like their signature sound, which they now know is an acoustic emission. So this comes from Templar um, literature, of where the Templars and, and Pythagoras and other kinds of ancient people could listen to people's sounds and tell what was going on with them. I've just computerized it, so seven little clicks of a button and you got a report.
0: And this free software, though, uh, although you're talking about radiation poisoning, it's not limited to that, to that type of ailment, correct? Or is it?
2: No, we have 71 different softwares. We just did a show tonight on cholesterol. We're doing one on Tuesday night of this week on flu, and to see if people have been exposed uh, to flu. Gardasil is another one. I am so outraged about what the government is doing with Gardasil and poisoning our children. You know, you look at this and you can see by the math of it that it really is an infertility drug.
0: Hmm. Yes. Uh, I think that's interesting. The way that we interesting. Can look
2: so. What the ancients knew, but we got computers to do it because we're kind of lazy and not really patient. with sitting there trying to figure things out by hand.
0: Sherry Edwards is uh, with us. And again, she is a pioneer in the study of human bioacoustic biology. Uh, now, tell me about this, this quote from AT&T. and why AT&T? Why did they weigh in on this? They're the ones calling this the new medicine.
2: Well, they're actually looking at it as bioacoustic, life sounds, and they say the body makes sounds that can be interpreted for security reasons. They have not figured out how to do it uh, with medicine yet. There's some things, slight things that they know that if the sounds of the liver are this, uh, then that the liver needs is stressed. But they really haven't figured out all of it. Um, we've just been sitting here because, well, honestly, I'm just af- I'm afraid of the government. I think a lot of people in the United States are afraid of the government. I'm afraid to say that we have a computer program that can tell what damage it did to your kids from vaccinations. They could name me as a domestic uh, terrorist, and I could be sitting in jail someplace. So there's two types of getting the information to the public. Top down, which is go out there whole hog and go on USA Today and whatever, and then there's bottom up, take it to the people. And so that's what I did. We have a lot of free programs and free software. We just did a two-day course of free software for muscles and nutrition and radiation. Uh, We need to get a community, a bioacoustic community in every center. You were talking about uh, biohazards before. There was a question about what do we do about this? Well, we have a program biohazards, what are you poisoned with?
0: So really? each, each software program is sort of grooved to a particular ailment, is that correct?
2: It is, and then we have overview um, software for the professional if they want to do it that way. But the computer will tell you where you need to go and what you need to do. You can sing, you can have music, you can do it with color, you can do it with food, you can do it with nutrients, you can do it with sound.
0: Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, Sherry, but uh, listening to the sound of my voice, granted it's going through a filtered microphone and compression through AM radio, but is there anything, any red flags, anything that jumps out in terms of uh, my vocal architecture, if you will?
2: Absolutely. I looked at your architecture when you were talking about the sleeping prophet. That was what was going on. Yes. Um, And there was a lot of, I, I want to participate in this, a lot of usefulness. Uh, but you are a multi faceted person. you tend to change your energy to the person in what 's going on it's it's a not a rare trait but it it's not very common So I was looking at your voice and everybody else's voice as they were going through all of this and by the way, I have done an evaluation of um, hellier's voice and He absolutely believes in the UFOs. Oh, Paul Paul Hellyer,
0: our former Deputy Prime Minister, yes. yes.
2: He very much believes, but he very much knows that there's mismanagement, and he wants to be involved in the management of this first encounter. So I'll send you that report.
0: That'd be fascinating now so in other words, you can also tell um, from someone's vocal architecture, well, we know you know from lie detector tests and so forth that uh, that you can tell someone's truthfulness or sincerity based mm-hmm. on their okay, but in terms of health concerns, is there anything in my voice that that jumps out at, uh, a
2: little bit of immune information that deals with uh, your sinuses, but the top of the sinuses uh, up toward the eyes that's the and there's a little bit of information missing about wet, moist tissues. So if anything's going to happen to you real soon, it's going to be something nasal or throat or bronchial.
0: Uh, well, you nailed it. I mean, I'm, I, uh, that's my weakness. This is my chest. Uh, I'm very susceptible to uh, uh, sort of bronchitis and those sorts of things. So there you we go. We do
2: this for people online all the time. We have them send us a print, and we can tell them why they have Parkinson's why they have heart disease, why they have high blood pressure. But we'd, we'll would we do it for you, but we'd lots rather teach you to do it. And, and it, by the way, Rosemary was telling the truth.
0: Rosemary Ellen Oh, regarding doppelgangers. Okay, yeah. thank you. Now, uh, soundhealthoptions.com. That's the website, soundhealthoptions.com. I've linked up to that on my site at com. All people have to do is click on your name under tonight's show, Sherry Edwards, and that'll take them to the soundhealthoptions.com website. And then from there, how do they download the free software again?
2: It's in the middle column, and that's the radiation one. There's also one there on 9-11. That's another software. We warned them years ago what was going to happen and how, what those toxins were doing. And we also looked at people's voices who were involved in 9-11, and we know who knew the most.
0: All right, Sherry, listen, this is uh, a remarkable technology and um, hope I hope people will uh, download the, the the software and get back to us and let us know uh the outcome. Sherry Edwards, and again the website is soundhealthoptions.com. Thank you.
2: Thank you. It's been been great.
0: All right, we'll do it again sometime. Thank you okay. to uh Tim Spreen, my technical producer, and I hope you'll be along uh next week. Got a good show for you. Check the website, richardserrett.com, for upcoming show information, and say uh, say hello, send me a hello at uh, twitter.com slash richardserrett. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light, what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the house tops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.